Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to My Millennial Money. We are live in Brisbane, of all places. I didn't think we'd get here, John. No, nah, long way, Glenn, and uh, took you double the time, didn't oh, it? I was so annoyed. So, wh- because I, I rush things and I've got no patience, that's one of my skills, I, um, I was looking at flights on the Qantas website. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go from Newcastle and I know it takes an hour to get here on plane. Going down, yeah, book the, you know, 11 a.m., get up there for 12, have some lunch, do a few cafes. Then worked out it was one of the Dash 8 prop job planes. <laughs> then worked out when I got on the plane, and it was delayed, half an hour. Worked out that they go double this, they're not as fast. So it takes <laughs> double the time. <laughs> I'm on this bloody plane for an hour and 50 minutes. Champagne taste on beer money. Yeah, and then... Because I'm watching Billions at the moment. I'm watching and we land and we park and like, all right, get off. And then, oh, there's no like thing. you got to step down. And then th- they park at the other side of the airport and you get a Qantas bus over to the terminal. I'm running late, extra hour that, you know, I didn't want to spend. And then the bus just goes this big loop and the bags beat me to the terminal. <laughs> Because I had my big suitcase with all the crap in there. so It's like living in Townsville, isn't it? You have to do that when you get off the plane? All the rural areas? The first time I walked into Newcastle Airport, I felt like a bit of a snob. Because I walked up and I said to the person who worked there, I said, oh, can you tell me where the Qantas lounge is? Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, we don't have a lounge here. <laughs> There's a cushion over there. Yeah. You're listening to My Millennial Money. If you're looking for a bunch of people to validate your irresponsible spending habits, you've come to the right place. And by that, I mean you've come to the wrong place. John, we've got yeah. Keith here. We've plucked Keith out of the crowd. Yes, hey, Keith, how oh, are you? Keith. Yeah, not too bad. Nice. How long have you been a listener for? Uh, probably um, half an two hour. Months. <laughs> <laughs> two months? Two yeah. months? Yeah, good, good time to be alive. Yeah. yeah. How did you find us? Uh, I can't remember exactly, but I was sort of listening to you guys at, at work and uh, going through the back catalogue. It's, it's, it's interesting to see the progress. Oh, interesting <laughs> to say the least. It's a wonder you're still here. I know. <laughs> that was so bad, weren't they? Oh, well, it's all relative, isn't it? Who's been here since day one? Yeah. One. Well Gen- done. Genetic scientist. Is that what you'd say? Genetic scientist. All right, well, thanks for coming tonight, guys. <laughs> um, we'll see you soon. But hey, I just want to say, Keith, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being involved. Thanks for um, coming tonight. Not a problem. And Have you got any questions for us? Yes, Keith has got a question. Yeah, that's what I thought he was up here for. No, no, he was the, the guy who got to talk smack with us. <laughs> right. If you had a chance to do it all again, would you change any of your financial decisions that you've made? You can go first, John. Well, what was that? Loaded question. Loaded. Yeah. The three kids that cost me a lot of money. <laughs> That'd be first three I'd get rid of. Mm. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, good question. I think I... I don't know if I've said this on a previous show, but... I sold out of a property to go and buy a business, my, my first business. Whilst I don't have any regrets for that because uh, it, it taught me a lot about business, if I was able to keep in that property today, I would be a lot better off. So, yeah, don't know if that really helps you, but that's that would be mine. Yeah, I think for me, and I, I probably only worked this out maybe five years ago, that I should have, if I could turn back to when I was like 20 
to automate my spending plan and system. So just mm. remove me from the process because what like does this sound like you? I sound like I'm doing my promo because mm. it's sort of just like you put money in savings and then rego comes and you take it out and it's just this round and round and round yeah. where I would probably have wanted to put a system in place and automated an amount for an investment straight up. Yeah. Like Yeah, and I'd take my headphones off to you guys because I definitely didn't get my stuff in order till I was probably late 20s, even into my 30s. So, yeah, to be sitting here taking control of that now, some of you are not even um, legal to drive or drink, are you? Um, So, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, and and the other one, when I purchased my first investment property, I didn't didn't know you at the time, did I? Uh, No. No. I wish I would have maybe had someone like a John in my life. Sorry, getting a bit emotional <laughs> uh, uh, before I purchased that property. But it, it's done all right. Yeah. I mean, I'm never selling it, so it doesn't matter. But I probably could have got more bank for my buck elsewhere. Like it's probably only picked up 70 grand in two years where maybe I could have made more money elsewhere. Um, so that's what I would have. What would have you have done different, Keith? Speechless, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get so emotional. Um, I moved inner city and I went out a lot and and ate out a lot and kind of didn't think about the future for for quite a while. Sure. I was just enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's good. But hindsight's such a beautiful thing, isn't it? Um, It's lovely. Love it. Uh, So thank you, Keith. Um, Let's give Keith a round of applause. I'll grab that bit of paper as well. Thank, Thank you, goodies. And the next person, if we could get to come up... Keith, Keith. Keith, Keith. Don't get... You take John's book. Don't leave the book there. <laughs> take John's book. Had 25 left over in Melbourne. Uh, take them all home again. If I could get Linda and Sandy to come up, please. Linda and Sandy. Sandy's not feeling well, is she? Oh, sorry. Would you rather not? Yeah, that's fine. No, stay away. <laughs> I've got... So my question was, um, what are ways of dealing with friends or family who do not understand how to manage or invest money? Um, mm. My example was investing in shares, even though it's risky. Sure. Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Thank you. I'll take that mic back because this will be a, a pop. Mm. Thanks, Linda. Do you want me to start? And Linda is a new listener, a week hey. old. Yeah. Week old listener. So thank you, Linda. Instagram marketing. Yeah. There you go, Laura. And thank you for coming out in distress as well. Thank you. Um, do you want to? Yeah. So that I think, and I, I don't. I, I think it's it's risky to talk to someone about that if they're not ready either. Um, like it's banging your head against a brick wall, and it could actually have the reverse effect. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, I, I've, I've always. In the example, I I now tell my parents and particularly my dad after I've done something because he's not mm. the, at the same level in terms of, you know, often our parents grew up with no money, things were tough, hold on to everything. If I said to dad, oh, I'm about to drop 700 grand on this next property, he'd probably have a stroke. Mm. So, and that would actually talk me out of it. Where now, it's like, oh, this is what I've done. So, that's number one. You've just got to find people in your world who are for you and actually get it and who will encourage you. So, I think you can't convince someone else about risk because it's a mindset thing, right? You're, you're just at a different level and... And, and, and friends and family, just while Glenn's doing that, friends and family... Are they emotionally wrapped up in you? Yes or no? Absolutely they are. So their point of view or their advice is coming probably more from an emotional side of things rather than a non-emotional, this is the research, this is the logic. So that's where I, I think it's it's risky to do that. And conversely, if you see them doing something that you think they shouldn't be doing, sometimes the worst thing you can do is actually tell them that because they've got to go through life learning 
from their mistakes and hopefully it's not a mistake but they learn more. This is what's happening. I'm drawing this line. Most Australians who are not woke, I guess, in, <laughs> who are, like, they, they go along, the goal is to get the mortgage, a vanilla mortgage and pay it down. I've got my super, I, I'm just doing this. The goal is to own my home. Then the next thing might be, you know, you're an M3 listener. So you're kind of in this different world where we're talking about, no, we're not buying a freaking house. We're going to rent somewhere and then pump an equity portfolio or do something. So what's happening is your mindset is actually different. And then what happens as well, sometimes if, you're in a small, if you work in a small business, you're actually on a different paradigm because being a small business owner you wake up every day without a job and that's the most risk in the world isn't it you don't know i don't know when i'm going to get paid next because i don't have a job actually don't at the moment (laughs) (laughs) so i just think there's a clear difference so i would encourage you to find people to talk to who are in this stratosphere not just and unfortunately um, I don't think I can ever convince someone. So, da- who listens to the Dave Ramsey podcast? Anyone? Yeah. So, I, I've listened to his podcast for like 10 years and I went to Nashville and I met him and went on the show. Yeah, I went on the show. I know. I'm going back to Nashville in September. So, I'm going to drop in again. That was an impulse. Bye. <laughs> Do you know the FOMO episode we did? I resolved that I wasn't going to buy a ticket to go overseas and then I got a Qantas sale on business class, so I booked it. <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> so, I guess what I'm... He says this word, like, those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. So, you can't change someone's mind. You can tell them, I'm doing this, this is why I've done it, and be confident in yourself that if you don't have anyone else in your life, you might have a trusted advisor like John or myself or Dan and be like, look, this is what I'm doing and this is why... And mind your own business, basically. So, I don't know if that answered the question, but you actually can't change someone else's mind and they need to come along this woke journey. Um, and sometimes, yeah. But is that, it's, is that we're on the right track or are we off it? Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. Because some people conversely are actually happy when they're doing nothing. Like they're not not everyone in this life are entrepreneurs or want to go and invest and do things. So, and the problem is in this line, people run in the trap of they want to get here to this next level of investing or buying investment property because they're paying down their mortgage and they might have four hundred grand worth of equity in it, and they don't know they can buy another property tomorrow, and they'll probably get an extra five grand a year in cash flow, and they can do that but they're too busy thinking about strategy while we're out there doing it. So, that's the risk for the the human temperament. There's three broad temperaments, thinker, feeler, doer, and there's blends of them. Um, you're a, If you're a compulsive thinker, you're analytical, your spreadsheet, and everything must line up before you can pull the trigger, you will get stuck. Where I'm a, I'm a doer, a thinker, doer. So, I just, my problem is I pull the trigger too much and cost me a lot of money. Um, <laughs> so, it's just being aware of your temperament, I guess. So, But uh, thanks so much for coming out and hope that encourages you. So, all right, thanks. Round of applause. Yep. All right, Sandy. Do you have any tips on negotiating the most competitive interest rate when purchasing your first property? You've just got to have a good mortgage broker in your corner. Like, it's as simple as that. They need to do the negotiation for you, don't they? We've got a mortgage broker right here in the front row. He's a badass. Um, <laughs> so, I'll give you an example. Um, the, you need to also make sure, and John can probably speak to this more, like, if you are ready to pull the trigger, ask the mortgage broker, hey, who do you think, based on my situation, is the most compelling offer? And maybe show me an alternative just to, as to a why. Because there is a mortgage broken group out there and they're a household name. And it might even be Rams. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> that 
I think 99% of the time, and you'd probably know, you're going to get a Rams home loan. You go to Rams, you'll get a Rams home loan, and they're probably half a percent more expensive than other lenders. So I think you've just got to make sure, always go with your gut. If you think the broker's a snake, maybe, I don't know, press pause, slow down. But I think a good broker in your corner, particularly on the first home, is going to be your best bet. John? Mm. Yeah, and just thinking about too, like the rates, usually the first thing that people look at um, to, to decide on which loan to go to. It's not always just about the rate. Um, obviously, fees involved, um, getting your broker to do a, a servicing calculator. Like I've seen um, servicing differ from a from as much as a hundred thousand between lenders, right? Would you agree? So you, instead of being able to lend at five hundred grand, you can now only lend at four hundred grand, but you've saved yourself point four of a percent, right? Which one would you choose? So it's it's not always about the rate either. Yeah, how soon do you think you're pulling the trigger? Um, not anytime soon. Yeah, sweet. So, and the good thing is, like, even if you're doing it over, would you say? It's Luke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you're paying, if you've got a mortgage rate on your own occupied that's got a four in front of it, it might be too high in this climate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the good news is for you that um, there's not a cheaper time in history for cheap money. And I heard today that there's some economists thinking there's another two rate cuts coming. So, it's a good time to be alive, baby. Um, yeah, and and further on to that, that we had that question earlier about getting equity out and and going and buying. Like, I think a lot of Australians will look back in five, ten years' time and and see this current climate and think, well, maybe I should have taken more action at that time. Like, um, especially when we've come from seven and eight percent interest rates um, ten years ago. Sweet, um, Sandy, do you got? Have you got one more question there? Um, Number two is probably okay, and then we'll... How can we best prepare financially for retirement? I think... Not have kids. Not have kids. <laughs> we don't have kids, so it's all right. Yeah. Done. Weirdly, for those playing at home, Sandy is Keith's <laughs> missus. They met so on Tinder. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Not planned at all. Um, I think... It's the whole thing. You've got to delay gratification and do yourself, do the Sandy of tomorrow a favour today. So I think if you categorically are a loose spender like me, so my all my mortgages now are principal and interest because if the money was in my account, I would spend it. So I have to lock that away. I cap out my super every year. People go, why are you capping out your super? I've got them those stools at home. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking I need a third one. Can I knock it off? Um, John just sat down. Um, but if I didn't put that money in super, I would spend it. So for me, it's... Actually, here's a question. I always say it. Does anyone know how much they need to retire? The exact amount of money that's needed to retire in this country. Any guesses? Yeah, as much as possible. It's choose your own adventure. Everyone in this room, we can't rely on the age pension. So we have to. And if, if you're young and you can't save, yeah, put some money in super because you've guaranteed you're sp- spending less than what you earn. So I, I just think you have to, going back to this line, get your mindset, Sandy, out of everyday land and always think what can I be doing for the future Mm. and and planning for the long game and not taking short speculative high risk um, investment choices if if uh, your investment strategy is boring it's the best one (laughs) sorry as I was saying um, (laughs) has anyone listened to Gary V 
No? Okay. Google him. He's, uh, he swears a lot, but he makes a hell of a lot of sense. And he came from the school of hard knocks and, and obviously he's flying at the moment. But his advice is, well, I meet these 24-year-olds or 28-year-olds who are frustrated with themselves because they haven't made it yet, right? And, and he basically swears his head off at them. But it, it's true in a way in that, like, we want results now. We want it tomorrow. We want it next year. We want it the year after. Play that long game um, right through, but enjoy the journey along the way, right? Um, so if we're not enjoying our job, move on to something that we do enjoy so we're not looking forward to retirement, right? Retirement should be just a transition in our life, not an end point um, is the way I see it anyway. Yeah. Um, you finished? Yeah, now you're right to I go. I think because you talk a bit slower and more considered, I just see a gap and go for it. Never noticed. <laughs> so, yeah, if if your investment strategy is boring, it's the right one to a point. Like my investment strategy, it's so boring. I've got investment properties, boring. Um, I've got an investment bond that I put money in every month, boring. And I've got a super account that I put money in. Boring. Like, I'm not buying gold. Like, I'm not buying crypto. Uh, where do I buy Libra from? <laughs> I'm going, seriously, when the Facebook currency launches, I'm going in. I'm going in, baby. <laughs> but having said that, can I draw everyone a triangle? <laughs> Can I draw a triangle? Yeah. Actually, Sandy, I'll let you sit down. No. <laughs> Give Sandy a, a round Thank of you, applause, Sandy. everyone. Is there a Liz is there a Liz Hansen in the house? Come come down. This is a triangle. This is how you should do your investment stuff. Well, I won't say this is how you should. This is how I should, or I do. Um, so I, I've got my home at the bottom, which I live in. So this was the order I did things, right? Boring. Well, it was kind of fun. New house in the dream suburb. Did the home. <laughs> that, well, actually, <laughs> I'm putting a foundation on the triangle. Um, that was my, um, business. So, I, I decided I wanted to build my business because if I could get the business happening, it would print money for me and I can get 30% a year return if I do the business right, okay? So, I did my business, then I did my home, then I did my next property, then I'm doing um, an off-the-plan Oh, we're going to do an episode about off the plan soon. Then, uh, I'll just put, well, VC and then crypto, gold. So, all this sexy stuff, right? I didn't drop 500 grand into crypto. You see what's happening here? I'm doing kind of the bread and butter stuff first. And John says I don't like joint ventures. I do, but I would only do it after I've got the my own stuff sorted because it's for me, it's all about risk, right? Nail the business, home, investment, property. They're good long-term investments. And then above that, I might have my investment bonds. But all the stuff out here, the sexy stuff, like I'm doing a little bit of um, – VC, which is venture capital. So, you put money into companies and you hope they go up. And that's where the, the real profit is, but the real risk is up there as well. So, for those out there who want to buy gold or precious metals, only have... What are you doing, champion? <laughs> so, Glenn's triangle. So, the... It's wrong, apparently. The big part is this here because... People, the great Aussie dream is this bad boy, isn't it? Buy your own home and, and live in it and pay the next 30 years uh, off it. but Or pay it off for the next 30 years. Yeah. Um, but I think my, my view on this is unless you absolutely know where that is, then that's in reverse for me, right? Once you know where your 
next 15-year home is going to be, then that that can be put in. Now, you might know that there, but a lot of people don't. So they buy where they're living just because it's the great Aussie dream. If we're doing it in reverse, we give ourselves a bit more flexibility uh, and um, we're taking a bit more ownership there. Your Honour, if I may, approach the bench. I'm not saying that's wrong. No, no, but I'm saying this here... I've set this up because my home, it's a three-bedroom townhouse that was brand new. So, if I move out whenever, I've got a pretty much brand new investment property because I will outgrow that. So, my goal is to never sell these properties. And because I don't like work, I don't think I'd ever buy an old shack and fix it up because I'm too lazy. So, all the properties I buy, they're brand new because I get the depreciation schedule I have less drama with crap breaking down and it's a long-term hold for me. Similar to your cars. Yes. Mm. Oh, except for the last bit. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so if you are wanting to get sexy and cute with your investing, don't put more than 10% of your net worth outside of your home into the gold, into the crypto, into all that stuff because it's just not worth it. All right. Sweet. triangle. Liz... Hello. Welcome. Well, do you want to come through and do you remember your question or do you want me to get it so you can read it? Um, You're the Insta chick. Yeah, I don't know how to message you on the Facebook page. Oh, so. no, that's all right. Thanks. What do you mean she's the Insta chick? Okay, so she didn't put a... I don't know how to message on the Facebook page, so I just messaged mm, Neither do I. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Liz didn't have a question when she registered, right. so she messaged and says, I've got a question. Oh, okay. And I made a note and I flagged right. it. Right. So. Right. I thought she invented Instagram or something. No. <laughs> well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been seeing a heap of articles that Brisbane house prices are going to increase by 22% in the next few years. Should I try and bump up my house savings as a result or just resign to the fact that I'll potentially have to buy further out or something not as nice as originally atten- intended? Or am I just prematurely worrying? Sweet. Do you mind if we get um, asked some personal questions? About your finances? How personal? No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, do you have a house deposit at the moment? No. Okay. So, I'm in the process of saving Sweet. for one. Are you working full time? Yes. Sweet. Um, good income. Yeah. What do you do for work? Um, I work as a project support officer. Cool. Cool. Yeah. What's your living arrangements at the moment? Um, so, my partner and I rent. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been with your partner? Um, just over 12 months. Are they here? Yes. He's avoiding eye contact. Oh, what <laughs> Is it real? Yeah. What do you mean real? <laughs> nah, well, sorry. I didn't pay him to be here, so you, yes. Okay, so you guys live together. Yeah. Do you share money yet? No, like we share groceries, like sure. buying groceries and stuff. But but you've got your own independent lives? Yeah. yeah. Is this anywhere close to answering the question? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Just chatting. You're back intrigued. Off. Yeah. yeah, okay. Um, Can I have a look at this for you? I just want to refer back to Appendix A. <laughs> um, bear with me. We didn't have a whiteboard until about 15 minutes before the start of the night. <laughs> Forgot to get it sorted. So, sorry, I'll just make it so. So. I think I had this same conversation in uh, Melbourne, I think it was, where, I don't know, there was an article in the Financial Review where someone was moaning about uh, Sydney house prices and I couldn't get into the market because I was saving um, slower than the rate that the price of houses were going up, okay? So, um, but but this person had was saving for a 20% deposit, okay? Now, as you know, there's other options out there, yeah? So, if that person had have taken a 10% deposit and, and applied that into the Sydney market, conservatively, they would have got in and probably made around 200k in that same period. But instead, they kept chasing the market to the point where they still hadn't bought a property by the time Sydney had peaked out. Yeah, makes sense? So, how does that relate to your scenario is well first of all are we looking at 10% or 20% well I was originally thinking 20% but it depends where I'll be in five years time yeah so the first thing I would do is when you've got your 10% 
well, what, what does it cost to get you into your own home or is it an investment property? Uh, probably own home. Okay. Yeah. So if it's your own home, where do you want to live and what's it going to cost? So what is 10% of that figure? Yeah. And how quickly can I get that 10%? Yeah. All right. And pull all stops out to get that 10% as quick as you can. Once you're there, you can then make a decision as to, well, do I buy in there or do I keep saving for a further deposit? Yeah. But when you're in the market, you're in the market, right? Yeah. And if it grows, fantastic. Yeah. But if you're not in the market and it grows, you're in all sorts of trouble because yeah. you can't save at the rate that the market's growing. Yeah. Yeah? So I, I would probably say when you get to your – are we thinking like 10%, 40 grand, 40 or 50 grand? Is that kind of... Well, that, yeah, that'd be about 10%. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I would imagine like I loosely tell my friends, because you can be a bit more frank with your friends than strangers, um, like why the hell are you even worrying about anything when you've got... You know, when you don't have two cents to scratch together? That sounds really rude, but it's like the goal is like what John said, we've just got to get to 40 grand savings and then what does life look like you know the relationship in two years might be a little bit more progressed if you will (laughs) and there might be (laughs) i can just go home tonight i don't care (laughs) um it may be a little bit more progressed and we may be merging our money um stop living together because only one of you can get the first homeowners grant right so move out yeah um no, but, but I think out. yeah. So um, it's yeah. so. Can you can you share with us what sort of dollars you're talking for a deposit? You won't listen. <laughs> she just said forty grand. Okay. So, but how far along that journey are we? Not very far. Yeah. All right. So my message would be: stop stressing about where Brisbane is, and until you've got fifty grand at least, don't look at realestate.com. But it was more so I've projected what it will like what I'll have in about four or five years okay. should I be trying to bump up the amount that I put away per fortnight oh, so that 100% pull out as many stops as you can to get 50 grand as quick as you can yeah yeah because what if like what uh, so I think the cool thing is may I ask um one's age 26 26 sweet so in four years there's a high chance you'll be 30 right and hopefully <laughs> that that could mean that there might be career opportunities something might come up it might be oh we're going to be corporate gypsies and i don't know move around australia i don't know but mm. money just gives you options and it's a good position to be in if mm. you can just save as much as possible both of you and make sure use this time to get on the same page with your money um like my trusty diagram if one of you is on this bottom line and one's kind of up here, I think you both need to have an understanding where each other is because it, sooner or later um, your money might be joined and you want to just nail that. So, yeah. Has that helped? Yeah. Yep. But yeah. It's cool. just great that you're thinking about this stuff. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's All good. right. Thank, Thank you. you. Insta chick, Liz. <laughs> okay. Jamila. Is that how I pronounce it? I'm hoping you'd skip me. <laughs> no, we're not skipping the best question of the night. Um, <laughs> there's your question there. Um, or you can change it if you want. I can't think of another Okay, one. that's fine. <laughs> uh, what are ways a young person can invest that doesn't involve property and has around a five-year term? Nothing. Sure. Nothing. Nothing. And <laughs> sit down now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so I, I think... so. I would ask what's happening in between now and five years. Um, so I just got a offered a graduate role as a solicitor at my firm. Perfect. So I earn above average for my age group. Sure. But I realize it will take four to five years to be able to save for a deposit. But if I rather invest that mother money rather than just save it in a bank account, yeah. is there a way I can get there faster? Yeah, um, if you are planning, and we say this all the time, apologies if it's a broken record, if you are planning to use the money within five years, keep it in cash, okay? Now, if you don't know what your plans are, you might have the view that, 
okay, I'm going to get a micro-investment app like the Rays of the World and put half in that and half in cash and just hedge your bet a little bit. I've been doing that. Yeah, so I think your income is only going to go up, okay? Uh, So I think it's just a matter of pumping money and seeing, again, money gives you options and maybe it it is a bit of a hedge the bet. Okay. Um, And look at Google the... um, First homeowner super saver scheme. Yeah. Uh, if you are confident, you will be buying your own home to live in because there are so many tax. Ad- well, there, there's basically one tax advantage to that, and I think you can save up to five grand in tax flushing your money through super. Uh, and it might be a bit of a strategy play in a couple of years, save cash, and then before you pull the trigger, throw the whole amount in within a two year period and do it then. So, and your income will be higher then as well. So, check out that. But maybe. The, yeah, I mean, we'll see. the worst thing that can happen is you're saving money. Yeah, yeah and that's and I, a pretty I, I bad think thing. Getting back to what <laughs> we we're talking about before, like it doesn't because we've got this great knowledge and we've got our life in order and we're saving money and and we're we're always thinking, well, what can I do tomorrow? How can I fast track this thing? Because I'm just highly motivated. All right, does everyone get that feeling? All right, the the message is you're doing well. You're doing better than most Australians so just let it take its take its course um, and, and if you want to work another 10 hours at work and save more money then then great but you're doing the right things already. What area of law are you practicing? Commercial and property. Oh I love it. I wish I was smart enough to do commercial <laughs> law. It's so good. So good. Mm. We've got to go back to our lawyer. We do. <laughs> That's right. We're doing an agreement for the podcast. <laughs> We actually do, um, you know, because if it blows up and we earn heaps of money, like, <laughs> got to yeah. make it legit. We might ask for startup investment funds. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you so much for your question. Thank you. Good hustle. Thank you. Okay. All right. Has everyone got 10 more minutes? Yeah. Uh, Alicia, do you want to come up? You don't have to. You can. Sweet. And then... Has anyone from the audience got a question that they want to ask that isn't on the list? We might do that as the last one. There's your question. Um, so I'm looking to purchase a used car for around three and a half grand to four grand. Is it better to search online or go into a dealership? Sweet. You, you're actually in the sweetest spot in the world for buying a car. Okay. okay. Number one, I would not be going into a dealership. Mm-hmm. For that. Number two, uh, Gumtree Facebook Marketplace. And I would probably, and it's obviously a cash purchase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, three and a half grand was your ceiling, was it? Uh, four grand. Max. Four grand, sorry. I'd be looking at cars. I'd be searching around five grand cars okay, yeah. or five and a half even and just getting, go and steal one. Oh, yeah. yeah like, look, look, look at a 7K car and offer four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, at that price point, you then, you've got to really look for, um, you know, I'm not buying a $4,000 Audi. I, it's going to be a Corolla. Like, because it I is, mean, I wish I could get an Audi, but. <laughs> yeah, because you're buying a liability with a $4,000 Audi, basically, because mm. the gearbox is going to break and it's going to cost eight grand. It's just not happening. Where, <laughs> um, what type of car are you after? Like one that's clean. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'd, I'd be looking at Toyota Corolla, or like a Hyundai Getz, or something like that. That n- we know have a track record of not stopping. Mm. Yeah, and um, the parts aren't going to be expensive. Yeah, from and Germany. Then I'll just go and steal one. Like look around five grand, get in there. If you're too, if you're not comfortable making doing the negotiation, mm. take someone with you and mm. take cash, and go for it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Mm. Thank you so much, Alicia. Thank you. All right. Has anyone got any other questions from the crowd who wants to just come up and say something? Yeah, come on. State your name and a... Been itching all night. Ranking for the record. Name, rank, serial number. How's um, the red? The red, very good. Yeah. Thank you, very good. Uh, Merlot. 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 Yes. Rosé. Is that a red, is it? Is it? <laughs> I don't drink. I don't know. Um, Hi. Hello. What's your name? My name is Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hello. 
Thanks for joining us tonight. No, thank you. Thank you for the Merlot. My pleasure. <laughs> I wonder what the bar tab was up to. I don't What's the bar tab it. up to? Hang on, we're just going to check. <laughs> Here we go, we're checking. 1,200? Sweet. Wasn't How's a, this? Wasn't just a ceiling 1,000? Sorry? Oh, I said 1,000, but whatever. Um, <laughs> before you start, Amanda, okay. when I was ordering the pizzas, um, Lachlan put me onto this pizza place and that was so amazing. And she sent me the prices and I'm like, okay, I'm freaking buying $600 worth of pizza. Any discounts for bulk? And I asked her, she said, oh, yeah, 10% for catering. I'm like, interesting, would you have given me that 10% if I didn't ask? Because the prices that you sent me didn't have a 10% discount. But anyway, if you don't ask, you don't get. So, Correct. Amanda. Yes. Oh, sorry, all to the chin. Oops. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, my question is, if someone's coming into a large amount of money that's being gifted. Yes. Um, I.e. you. Me, <laughs> uh, here for a friend. Um, so if someone's coming into a large amount of money that's been gifted, uh, what would be the best tips into the property market for the first time? How much are we talking for this friend? Uh, $200,000. And what was the nature of that gift? Uh, love. <laughs> what app are you using? <laughs> <laughs> Sugar puffer. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's nice. Good. A lot of love. <laughs> what a lot of love. Uh, a, a lot, yes. So, are you leaning towards investment or are you leaning towards owning your own home? Owning your own home, uh, yep. apartment in the city preferably. Right. Yes. As um, in Brisbane CBD? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, what part do you need clarity with? Um, just basically what, like, because I'm also, sorry, that just gave away that it's me. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, know, I your, never knew it was you, <laughs> your friend. <laughs> um, I'm in a it. job that is not a permanent role. So right. is there like ins and outs about that or? For lending, you mean? Um, yes. Or yeah, insecurity borrowing because powers. you may not get a job, there may be times of. Yeah, so I'm not sure the department that I'm in is quite hard to get a permanent role. So right. having the $200,000 um, and not having a permanent role, being in a mm. contract role that's uh, very iffy, yep. in and out, what's the, what's the best okay, way the of Okay, the ins and outs that? of that. More about that than the property strategy of where do I buy and… I suppose that would be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so when just quickly, for the uh, listeners, you can't see this, but… When we're looking at um, left-hand is really difficult. <laughs> Trust I have me. no clue. We've got five minutes, people, then right. I'll let you go home. I'm just going to be really quick. Buying power and serviceability equals borrowing capacity, right? That's better than any formula you'll ever learn at school, okay? So buying power is the cash or equity that you've got in your life. So in that example, we've got, 200 jiggers. Mm -hmm. Servicing <laughs> is how much income and what are my expenses in my life. Mm -hmm. yep. So the lenders, the banks put that together and say, what is Amanda's borrowing capacity? Yep. yep. Makes sense? Yep, it does. So it's great to have that, but if you've got none of that, they won't lend you money or very little. Yes. Yep. So ideally we want high amounts of both of these. Now they look at that um, type of employment and say, how consistent is this? How long you've been in that industry? How long you've been in that job? If it's not permanent, it's not the end of the world. A good mortgage broker, if you've had some history and time in there, like a good mortgage broker, Luke, would want to give that a shake. Like, yeah. They, they'd shake <laughs> that down, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, don't be too stressed that you haven't got a permanent employment um, handshake. Okay. Yeah. But... If, if more about how long have you been in the industry, how long have you been in that role, yep. um, will go a long way towards getting you a loan. Okay. If you've got no bad debt, all those sort of things, then you should be right. Just a, just a little bit of bad debt. Just yeah. a tiny so little bit. Yeah. I, do you want to go deep? Sure. Okay. Yes, please. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, was 
with this gift, the, the gift of love, <laughs> yes, uh, was there any strings attached? None. Okay. So, interesting. <laughs> Is there any way? Like, okay. I've got you really curious, haven't I? Yeah. All, why are you going off the topic all night? <laughs> no. <you're> just, it's <laughs> so relevant. So relevant. Isn't this part of the whole podcast? Sorry? Going off the topic? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry if everyone's hating tonight. Um <laughs> So, how much debt do you – have you got like under 50 grand of debt? Oh, my goodness. Yes, 10. Okay. So, <laughs> tomorrow morning the debt's gone. Yes. Okay. So, you're debt-free down 190. Yes. We need to then do our emergency fund, three months' worth of expenses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Which could be 15 grand. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, have you ever wanted to travel somewhere nice? Always. Yeah. Go on a holiday. Yes. Take a friend, whatever. <laughs> See, I'm Definitely. good at spending money. <laughs> So I'm so long story short is I generally tell people when you get a large amount of money you do not do anything with it for at least 6 months I'd be putting 150k in an online bank account um with a different bank and forgetting about it yeah. you might be starting to do some research about d- d- for dreaming but yeah I'd certainly be cleaning up debt getting um your emergency fund locked away because realistically, you don't have 200 grand because we have to have an emergency fund. We have to pay off our debt. Yeah. And I think you're allowed to have a bit of fun with money. Like, we're not – like, life's short. You could wake up dead tomorrow, right? So, you've got to <laughs> – so, so, Amanda, is can I ask, is this your next 10-year home? Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. So, yeah. Brisbane CBD is where you want to be, front definitely, and centre. Definitely, Queen yeah. Street or wherever, wherever you are and there. It, are 100%, you, yeah. Is there another person in your life? Yes. Okay. Yes, there is. So, what's, um, how long has that been happening? Uh, over 12 months. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are living together? Yes. Um, yeah, so I'd probably also make sure that your estate plan is nailed as well. Yep. Um, and make clear in, and talk with your lawyer. So, in these situations... Um, sometimes like a lawyer said to me once, like, don't put the partner in the will at all. Like, so you might say, can you make up a name for your partner or a partner? I don't know. Uh, Ross. Ross. Is Ross here? Yeah. Oh, what up, Ross? Where are you? Hey, <laughs> you didn't want to be on the podcast. So this is what happens, right? I just right? dragged him in. Yeah, yeah. A, a lawyer might say, cause you might be thinking, all right, if I check out tomorrow, you know, I've been with Ross for 12 months. He's a great guy. I want him to have 40 grand, right? Yeah. So, and you might put in your will, my dearest beloved Ross, <laughs> XO, XO, 40K, right? Now, some lawyers, and I'm not a lawyer, I'm not anything, so don't believe anything I say or do what I say. Um, they might say, no, don't put a gift in the will for Ross because you give an inch, they take a mile. They might come and say, oh, she really meant 60 grand. So, it actually, it opens a precedent that there is an entitlement there. Yep. I'm ranting, aren't I? So It's okay. Get, go and seek some legal advice to get your will and estate plan sorted. Yes. Um, and I'll draw one last thing. In financial planning land, if anyone's gone on my blog and seen the insurance episode, this is how you have to build your financial life. So, the middle of the house with bricks, they're your goals. Like, there might be travel, um, start a business, uh, buy a car, put the kids in school, get a helicopter license. I was actually going to get my plane license and then they... So, I, I know someone who's doing it and they said that you've got to use, like, maths to work out the load of the wind and the pressure and all that. I'm like, nah, too hard. (laughs) I was ready. (laughs) Um, So, everyone's got financial goals. I believe you need four foundations. Has anyone seen this before? Yeah, yeah. So, um, cash um, reserve and debt-free. You want a spending plan. So, you've got that nailed. You want your protection plan because out of your budget funds your life, right? So, we need to make sure that the money never stops. So, that's what Dan was talking about, about the income protection. And then you will an estate plan. So, I would be doing those, foundation, ooh, those foundations first. 
and then the goals, which might be I want to go to Prague and all that crap, and then the investing. And that's where my triangle sits, friends. The top of the house. <laughs> so, yeah. Well done. How's that, a man? Thank you. Oh, that was perfect. That Thank good? you. Was I it a gift of love from Ross? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> oh. But can I, I just say yeah, something? Please. I am really nervous about breathing into this mic. I, I, I know how you feel. <laughs> I have uh, – it's really nervous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forget about it, as you can – Tell. We've we've started to get jo- uh, John in the studio because the mics are on boom stands to like move it away when he breathes. <laughs> Actually, we should do a crowdfunding um, for like a septoplasty of your nose. Let's do a survey. Who's heard my nose on the podcast? Ah, oh, look at that yeah, one. There's a few. No, yeah. we're doing was... this podcast for the one. Yeah. <laughs> How long yeah. you been a listener, Amanda? I listen to every episode. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Mm. Thanks for your support. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate Mm. everyone listening. Like, we're just Mm. trying to do something that's real and different and fun and trying to help and not take ourselves too serious. Mm. So, what do we do now? (laughs) (laughs) Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Unless Mm. there's any other last-minute powwow questions... Yeah. Super quick. Um, yeah. Mortgage. Mortgage. Is, um, double what my property is valued at. Um, obviously, I can't, ta- yeah, uh, I can't change institutions. Um, is there any worth going to the bank and saying, I've been 10 years with you guys, I'm feeling pretty stiff at the moment? Even though it was a one fault, but I bought Cut a deal. I mean, during the GFC, you might have had a shot if banks were trying to <laughs> do stuff. I'll give you a free clarity call. How's that? All right. There you go. Yeah. I actually we'll said just, to John oh. before tonight, should we give a clarity call away? Day one. And yep, he just done. did. Tick. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there are some things we can discuss to, yeah, not saying we'll get answers, but we'll So for those who might not have heard that, there's a house <laughs> that is worth... Less than what he paid for it, a lot. But doesn't property always go up in value? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that's the biggest myth out there. People are like property, 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 property. It always you're, you're goes still, up. You still got a smile on your face. Yeah. Oh, and you, have. you are that's a right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Who invited who tonight? Or are you both solid podcasters? Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Nice. Love it. Mm. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming along. It's been amazing to meet all of you. Sorry we went a little bit over. And if you can please uh, jump onto the Apple Store and I want to get the review up to five stars. It's at 4.7. It rounds down to Um, (laughs) 4.5. If you're using Apple, give us a review and so appreciate. Who's in the Facebook group? Sweet. I was actually going to put a post up like, anyone want to take any photos for free tonight? Like a professional <laughs> photographer? Oh, actually. Where was bef- that? Melbourne. Was it Melbourne? They yeah, got a Melbourne. Photo gate. Um, and before we go, Kara, Lachlan and Kim, could you please come down? Give them a round of applause. I've just got them some thank you. Our wonderful helpers. And we'll see you next time, Brisbane. Thank you, everyone. If you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances. My Millennial Money supports A21. A21 is a non-profit organisation that exists to abolish slavery everywhere. These guys rescue real people from human trafficking across the world. 
If you want to learn more about how you can contribute to the fight against human trafficking, check out a21.org forward slash au. Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Getter Proprietary Limited, trading a sort your money out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Keith. Yes. Real talk. Real talk, yep. You're flying somewhere, window or aisle? Aisle all the time. Why? Well, Are you too good for the window? <laughs> no, just leg room if you need it. Yeah. Um, easy access to the bathrooms. Yes. Uh, and food. Yeah. Yeah, like it. John? Um, yeah. yeah, I'm with Keith. Yeah, leg room if you need it. I, and you usually do. Yeah, I'm more of the aisle because I've got the bladder of a 48-year-old mother of five. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll need to get up and go yeah. to the bathroom. And and you don't want to be that pain that has to cross no. over three people to get so, there. So you know how I always have to take one for the team and fly business class? When you're booking business class seat, some of the planes, so Qantas in their A380 do two, two, two. You think, oh, I can get a window seat because, you know, it's business class, a lot of room. No, if someone next to you is laying down and sleeping, you've got to jump over their leg. Mm. So, always get the K seat in the middle. So, you've got the aisle and you don't have to jump over anyone. So, there you go, John. I did that research just for you. Well done. <laughs> would, you, <laughs> would you be a Snickers or Mars type of guy? I think I, think I know what you'd be. All right. Tell me. You're a Snickers all day long. <laughs> no. Oh, it's a 50-50 chance. Uh, definitely Mars. Yeah, right. Um, John? <laughs> yeah, I'm Mars. Yeah. I'm with Keith. Yeah. Every sweet. time. Yeah. Whatever Keith says, I agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm straight dairy milk if I had the choice. Yeah, right. Purist, eh? Mm. Yeah, I bet. Makes sense, I guess. Um, toilet paper, when you put it on the roll, do you have the flow over or under? Over. Why? <laughs> I didn't make this crap up. You made oh, it hold up. On, hold on. He's not. Oh, He's under. Controversy. Ooh, toilet gate. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> just, just spontaneous. Yeah. It was designed to go up. And over because that's where the print is, so you can see the flowers or whatever. Mm. I don't know, whatever. Yep. Um, and here's a question that somebody in the audience wanted us to discuss because we discuss the real things on this podcast. Does a plant count as a pet or a child? <laughs> I've killed a few kids. If that's the case. <laughs> They're cheaper than both. Yeah. True. True. What do you reckon, Keith? I'm 50-50 on that one. Yeah. Do you have plants? Yeah. Do you have kids? No. Do you want kids? Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Are you engaged, dating, married? Yeah, my partner, Sandy. Though. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Not, not if you keep putting the toilet pipe under, mate. <laughs> yeah. You're in all sorts. So, is, yeah. So, are you in a, <laughs> are you in a, de, what do we call like a de facto relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I see where it's at. Yep. So, only one of you can get the first time owners grant? Yeah. <laughs> What do you do for work? Um, I work at a startup. Oh, what? What doing? Um, so we work on a drone platform. Oh, cool. Did you see the drone? Has anyone seen the drone on Instagram that's got the fire thing? No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, so they've got this drone and it's got um, a fire torch on there. Is it from China? <laughs> I don't know. So. Everything else is. <laughs> so um, what's your favourite episode, Keith? Um, I kind of liked... Uh, the dating one, that was interesting. 
um, when two people come together and their finances kind of intertwine. Yeah. That's that's interesting and two perspectives on the same sort of topic. How did you guys meet? Uh, we we met online. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how long? Millennial you, show, right? Yeah, yeah. How long have you been um, together? Um, coming up two years. Oh, that's so cute. You guys. <laughs> was it Tinder? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 <laughs> works. The system works. Just follow it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, How many goes did you have before you? Found <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is a money money show, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What's the biggest lesson you've learned from your partner? Uh, she's helped me grow a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for Keith about Tinder? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you swipe left or right? I can't even you, remember. Oh, you yeah, you're right. off it. Yeah. You swipe right. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, it was, uh, it came out after I'd finished. So I think it's cheating. I think you should be out there at the hotel having a nice, sober conversation to try and meet someone and not <laughs> swiping to try and think, oh, yeah, that one's a match. What do you reckon? No? Huh? Has anyone met their uh, other half on an online thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, it's 2019. (laughs) Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It's like cut to the chase. Happens quicker, doesn't it? Mm. Mm. So let's get into it. See what I did there? I'm doing this for the edit because I'll put that crap at the end. All right. (laughs) Let's get into it. We've got Keith. He's on. He's been plucked out of the crowd. We're going to. You actually wrote a couple of questions in Keith, and the first bloody question. I was going to delete it, but I'll, <laughs> I don't actually heaps know the answer to it. Are there any accountants in the room? No? Okay. This will be a butcher. <laughs> so, Keith, do you want to read your first question? Yeah, right. you put your toys down. There we go. And just while Keith's composing his question, if you are listening to the My Millennial Money podcast for the first time, and I think I'm going to put this disclosure at the start of every episode, stop right now. <laughs> do not listen. This right. is not going to be edited. So, Keith, right. My what's your first question, question was, um, I work at a tech startup and was offered employee share options. What should I be aware of or looking out for? Yeah, I don't know. John? <laughs> <laughs> mm. So, That's basically, yeah, it's op- they've sort of said, um, you have the option to buy shares in our company that is not yet listed. Yeah, and I think the law was going to change or if, if it hasn't changed in Australia, it it's tabled to be changed and when you're given that option, you're taxed on it at the time that it's given to you. So that's been a trap for a lot of big stuff. Yeah, I thought there was some right. sort of tax stuff. So it was a killer and that's what really challenged the startup community in Australia, particularly when I was in that world, you know, 10 years ago, the biggest thing that was stopping international companies coming down was the employee options thing. Mm. And what that means is, hey, you're an employee, we're not making money. But if it does go to the fact that we're making money, we'll give you the option to buy shares at a lower price than what we basically may sell to the market for. Yeah. So, my boring response would be, would you would you invest in those shares if it was some other company it didn't work for, knowing what you know about the company? What's your answer? <laughs> Probably in another 12 months. Okay, but the option won't be there in 12 months. Yeah, it's yeah, now, it's, isn't it's, it? It's, um, yeah. yeah. Do you have any... Okay, do you have any... You don't have to tell us this, but do you have any like personal debt or anything like that? Um, other than a mortgage? No, just hex stuff, really. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's a judgment call. I probably... Unless... What's the trade-off? Take the options or we pay you more? Uh, I guess the, the question is like I don't know the value of them Yeah, yeah. and I get a certain amount and I don't know the the, jog, the But can you opt out of taking them and take a higher cash in the door now? No, that's the thing. It was kind of like um, sort of one of those things to sort of the, the salary wasn't quite there so that was one of the things keeping me there was okay here's some yeah, sure. options to sort of uh, essentially get you to stay and it, and it is hard to value something when it hasn't floated right yeah. and, and hard to know what a discount is in that sense like as, as a company in the real estate industry i won't name them but they floated at a dollar 20 something and now they're down to 25 cents 
So those who worked in the company probably thought they were getting a discount and now four times less their money. So, yeah. 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 So I, I guess it's, yeah, it's, that's kind of, I just wanted to sort of see what's the public opinion or sort yeah. of professional opinion. Yeah. I, I would actually just chat to an accountant and actually maybe put it up in the Facebook group and just because there's a few accountants in there and they'll know about the tax side of it. Yeah, because at may... first I thought it was sort of an employee share plan, but then it was share options. So it was not given, yeah. it was ability to buy. Yeah. And that's when I was like, well. I mean, it's probably a, a deeper question. Like if they didn't give you those share options, do you like working there anyway? And I think if you don't like working there anyway, all the share options in the world isn't going to change the fact that there's a bunch of jerks that you work for. So I think that's the shout out if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and and don't don't be get uh, don't get emotionally wrapped up in the water cooler talk either. Uh, I, I'm in. Are you going to be in? Sort of thing. Like that can often because uh, I've never met a startup entrepreneur guy or gal who said, "Oh, we're starting this company. It's going to be a disaster." <laughs> like <laughs> it's always yeah, yeah. upshot. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's potential, potential, potential. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't know. Put a bit of your spare change into it and move What's on. your uh, next question there? So second question is... Um Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.